Hello, and welcome to Shakespeare 400. With me, Professor Jicket. I'm here in the cabin of curiosity, and here I like to read and tell stories. Well, I am a fine storyteller, but I am not better than the best. Oh, no, 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 no way near. The best storyteller that ever lived died 400 years ago on the 23rd of April, and his name was Shakespeare. Mm. William Shakespeare, to be precise. And to celebrate his life and his death 400 years ago, I, Professor Jiggett, will perform to you an excerpt from one of his finest plays, The Tempest, in its original and interpreted version. <gasps> so, sit back, relax, and get your ears around this. The Tempest, Act 1, Scene 2. Overview. Ferdinand, a slightly pompous but generally good prince, is led to a secluded spot in a wood by the ethereal spirit Ariel. He is then left there alone. Moments later, the powerful magician and general control freak Prospero arrives in the wood and tells his daughter Miranda to look upon Ferdinand. Now, Prospero used to be the Duke of Milan until he was betrayed and replaced by his brother Antonio. And Prospero and Miranda have lived a secluded life ever since, on the island we're on now. Miranda has never seen another human other than her father and his slave Caliban. And so, due to her innocence, naivety and powerfully intrinsic hope, she immediately falls in love with Ferdinand. And who can blame her? You know they say, <laughs> a Ferdinand is worth two in the bush. <laughs> Ferdinand is similarly taken by Miranda. So much so that he starts to become punch drunk on love. He reveals his real identity to Miranda as the prince, now king of Naples. Prospero is rather pleased that the two have become smitten with each other, but, as he loves control, decides that the two must not fall in love with each other too quickly. Therefore, Prospero accuses Ferdinand of simply pretending to be the prince-slash-king of Naples, and when he goes on to say that he will imprison Ferdinand, the prince draws his sword to defend himself. However, this turns out to be a futile act, as Prospero puts a spell on Ferdinand that freezes him to the ground. The innocent Miranda tries to persuade her father to show mercy, but he silences her harshly. He goes on to tell Miranda that Ferdinand is no prince, that he's just a man like Caliban, and that she doesn't know any better because she has lived such a sheltered life. Prospero then leaves the frozen and helpless Ferdinand to his prison, while Miranda tries to comfort Ferdinand.
The Tempest, Act One, Scene Two. The ditty does remember my drowned father. This is no mortal business, nor no sound that the earth owes. I hear it now, above me. The fringed curtains of thine eye advance, and say, What thou seest yond? What is it? A spirit? Lord, how it looks about! Believe me, sir, it carries a brave form. But tis a spirit. No, wench. It eats and sleeps and hath such senses as we have such. This gallant which thou seest was in the rack. And, but he's something stained with grief. That's beauty's canker. Thou mightst call him a goodly person. He hath lost his fellows and strays about to find him. I might call him a thing divine, for nothing natural I ever saw so noble. Ah, it goes on, I see, as my soul prompts it. Spirit, fine spirit, I'll free thee within two days for this. Most sure, the goddess, on whom these heirs attend, vouchsafe my prayer, may know if you remain upon this island, and that you will... Some good instruction give how I may bear me here. My prime request, which I do last pronounce, is, oh, you wonder, if you be made or no. No wonder, sir, but certainly a maid. My language, heavens! I am the best of them that speaks this speech. Were I but well tis spoken... How? The best? What wert thou if the king of Naples heard thee? A simple thing, as I am now, that wonders to hear thee speak of Naples. And he does hear me, and that he does I weep. Myself am Naples, who with mine eyes never since at ebb beheld the king, my father. Alack, for mercy! Yes, Faith and all his lords, the Duke of Milan, and his brave son being twain. The Duke of Milan and his more braver daughter could control thee, if now twere fit to do it. At the first sight they have changed eyes. Delicate Ariel, I'll set thee free for this. A word, good sir. I fear you have done yourself some wrong. A word. Why speaks my father so ungently? This is the third man that ever I saw, the first that ever I sighed for. Pity move my father to be inclined my way. Oh, if a virgin, and your affections not gone forth, I'll make you the Queen of Naples. Soft, sir, one more word. They are both in either's powers, but this swift business I must uneasy make less too light winning, make the prize light.
one word more. I charge thee that thou attend me. Thou dost here usurp the name thou owest not, and has put thyself upon this island as a spy to win it from me, the Lord Hunt. No, as I am a man, there's nothing ill can dwell in such a temple. If the ill spirit have so fair a house, good things will strive to dwell within it. Follow me. Speak not you for him. He's a traitor. Come. I'll manacle thy neck and feet together. Sea water shalt you drink. Thy food shall be the fresh brook mussels, withered roots and husks, wherein the acorn cradle. Follow. No, I will resist such entertainment till mine enemy has more power. Shing! Oh, dear father, make not too rash a trial of him, for he's gentle and not fearful. What, I say? My foot, my tutor? Put thy sword up, traitor, who makest a show, but darest not strike. Thy conscience is so possessed with guilt. Come from thy ward, for I can here disarm thee with this stick and make thy weapon drop. Beseech you, father. Hence, hang not on my garments. Sir, have pity. I'll be his, surely. Silence. One word more shall make me chide thee, if not hate thee. What, an advocate for an impostor? Hush! Thou thinkest there is no more such shapes as he, having seen thee. But him and Caliban, foolish wench. To the most of men this is a Caliban, and they to him are angels. My affections are then most humble. I have no ambition to see a goodlier man. Come on, obey. Thy nerves are in their infancy again, and have no vigour in them. So they are. My spirits, as in a dream, are all bound up. My father's loss, the weakness which I feel, the rack of all my friends, nor this man's threats to whom I am subdued, are but light to me. Might I but through my prison once a day behold this maid. All corners else of the earth let liberty make use of. A space enough have I in such a prison. It works. Come on! Thou hast done well, find Ariel. Follow me! Hark! What thou else shalt do me? Be of comfort. My father's of a better nature, sir, than he appears by speech. This is unwanted, which now came from him. The song is about my father, my dead father, but it's not a song sung by mere mortals. No, I hear it now, there, just above me. Look, and tell me what you see over there. A spirit? My God, 
Look at the way it's searching about. Look how handsome it is. It's definitely a spirit. No, girl. It eats and sleeps and has the same five senses as we do. That's a man, a survivor of the shipwreck. And if his face wasn't so puffy from crying, you could probably call him handsome. But he has just lost all his friends. That's why he is wandering around looking for them. He's divine. I've never seen anything so splendid on this island before. Ah, it's all going according to plan. Just as I wanted it to. Spirit, you damn fine spirit, for doing such a good job, I'll set you free in two days. You must be the goddess that this music is playing for. Please, I beg you, will you tell me if you live on this island? And tell me how I should approach you. And please, if you will, my number one question, which I saved for last, is... Oh, you beautiful thing, are you a girl or a goddess? No, no, I'm not beautiful, sir, but I am definitely a girl. Oh, we speak the same language. Great! You know, I'm well known for my charming conversations. Uh, back home, that is. Really? Charming, you say? What would the King of Naples say to that? Um, he would agree. I'm amazed to hear you talking about Naples. And the King does hear me. A saddening fact. You see... I am now the King of Naples, since I saw with my own eyes that have not stopped crying since the death of my father in a shipwreck. Oh, how horrible! Yes, indeed, and all my father's men, the Duke of Milan and his fine son, too. Hmm. The real Duke of Milan and his far finer daughter could take you and your crown right now, if it were the right time. But they have fallen in love at first sight. Ariel, you wonderful thing, I'll set you free for doing this. Could I just have a word with you, sir? I'm afraid you might have made a mistake. Just a quick word. Why is he being so rude? This is only the third man that I've ever seen in my life, and he's the first good-looking one. I hope Dad treats him well, for my sake at least. Oh, I tell you, if you were single and willing, that I'd make you the Queen of Naples. Whoa, 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 hang on a minute. They're in love with each other, but I need to make sure they value that love. Cause a bit of trouble, hmm, a bit of drama. Please, sir, just a quick word. You're saying you're the King of Naples. I say you've come here to my island as a spy to try and take it away from me. But I am the rightful owner of it, see? No, sir, I swear, as a man, that's not true. Such... 
A beautiful man couldn't do such a thing, Dad. Even the devil would have to be good if he was as beautiful as him. You come with me, and you don't say anything. He's not to be trusted. And you, I'll have your neck and feet chained together, and give you seawater to drink, and the only thing you'll be eating are slugs, dry roots and acorn shells. Come on. Well, no, I will have to decline that offer, at least as long as I'm stronger than you are. Shing! Spell. Oh, Dad, don't do that. He's a good man, and brave too. What's that? My daughter knows more than her father? Put away your sword, you fool. Too scared to hit me with that thing? Because you know, if you do, you'd feel damn guilty about it. Now stand normally. You know I can disarm you with this wand and make you drop your sword whenever I want. Please, Dad, don't! Get off! Don't pull my clothes! Dad, be kind! He's good! I guarantee it! Be quiet! If you say one more word, you'll end up being punished, too! You really want to defend that imposter? Just shut up! You only think he's special because you've only ever seen him and Caliban. You're a fool! To most people, he's the same as Caliban. <laughs> and I'll tell you what, most people are saints compared to him. Then maybe my standards are low, because I don't want to see anyone else but him. Right, you. Come with me. Don't resist. Your muscles won't be working properly. Oh, you're right. My strength. It's all gone, like some sort of bad dream. But I will tell you this. The death of my father, this weakness, the loss of all my friends, your threats of prison, I will take it all as long as I can see this girl through my cell window once a day. I don't need anything else but that. Grant me that, and I will feel free. Ha! It's working. Let's go, then. You've done well, Ariel. Don't worry. My dad isn't that bad. Everything he just said, that's not really him. And there we have it, listeners. The Tempest. Performed by me, Professor Jiggett. And recorded in the Cabin of Curiosity. Engineered and produced by Maurice Mudd and funded kindly by Berry Council. Cheers, guys! And so, until next time, look after yourselves and be kind to each other. Bye now. Bye! <laughs>